So in our gospel lesson this morning, Matthew talks about salt. Plain old ordinary table salt. Plain old NaCl, sodium chloride. Same kind of salt we use in cooking. It's, it's kind of a strange dialogue when taken out of context that Matthew presents to us here. In this uh, particular gospel, Jesus is talking and he says to his disciples and, and by extension to us, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. See, salt brings out flavor. Reminds me that when I was a child growing up, uh, we were in Germany at the time, and my mom would take us grocery shopping. And it wasn't the kind of grocery shopping uh, that we do here today, the kind that we took our kids to, um, where you get in the car and you go to HEB and you go inside and you go up and down the aisles and you get all the things that you need for a week or longer, and you put them in the basket and then you roll that basket to the checkout and then you roll all those bagged groceries that somebody puts in a bag for you, and, and you load them up in the car, and you drive back home, and you put them away. That's not the kind of grocery shopping we did when I was a kid um, in, in Germany. See, Mom would get her little grocery buggy, and I, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things. Uh, you don't see too many of them these days. But it, it resembles somewhat a a carry-on, a rolling carry-on like you might see someone dragging through the airport with little wheels and a handle. Kind of a canvas bag on two wheels. And so she'd get her buggy and she'd get my sister. And if I recall, my brother was away at boarding school at the time. So it was just me and my sister and my mom and her little grocery buggy. And we'd walk down to the corner grocers. And from there, we'd go down the street to the Metzgerai which uh, is the butcher shop. And we'd get our meat and our fish, and from there we'd go to my favorite place, which was the baccarat, the bakery. And we'd get bread and pastries and the like there. And I always liked going to the baccarat. The window in the shop always had these fresh baked breads and pastries on racks from top to bottom, and the smell inside that smell of fresh baked bread was amazing. It was always so inviting. It was, it was like a trip to a toy store with food. It was an experience. And the displays always had these richly decorated cakes. So one day we go to the bakery and inside the glass counter there's this chocolate cake with chocolate icing and bright red glazed strawberries on top and I can remember tugging on mom's skirt and pointing to the cake like hey mom check that out and she said no you don't really want that and I'm like you're crazy woman I, I you know it's chocolate cake with chocolate icing and strawberries and I'm a kid of course I want that so I tug again mom please so she relents 
And she asked the baker if the cake could be sold by the piece, and he said, yes, it could. So she told him, nur ein Stück bitte, just one piece, please. And I watched with big, round eyes as the baker cut out a slice the size of my head and wrapped it up for us to take home, and I could hardly make the walk with the anticipation of that cake in the, in the buggy. And all the way home, I could hardly stand it. This was going to be a great day, cake in the morning. Yes. So we got home, and Mom put the groceries away, and that was torture, waiting for her to get everything put away. And so finally, she poured me and my sister a glass of milk, and we sat down there at the kitchen table. And she divided the cake between the two of us, and my sister and I took our forks, and we dug into that cake, and we put a big scoop of chocolate cake into our mouths and complete and utter disappointment. Oh. See, JoLynn immediately spit the cake back onto the plate and tried to wipe her tongue off with a napkin. And I just sat there wondering why I had wallpaper paste in my mouth. And I continued to try to find the flavor with my tongue. It had to be there somewhere, but it wasn't. So my mom had been watching this unfold the whole time. And as we looked up from the horror of this utterly flavorless and tragically disappointing culinary experience, she said, I told you that you didn't want that. And if I recall, she had a a little smug smile on her face, a little satisfaction as she said it. And then she explained, you're used to the chocolate cake the way I make it. I make my sweet things with a little bit of salt. They don't make it that way here. They don't use salt. Salt makes sweet things taste good. Salt adds flavor to everything. It makes good things even better. See, I had no idea that that trip to the bakery that morning would become a valuable life lesson. I had no idea that it would become a great illustration about a spiritual concept that Jesus teaches us here in Matthew. So what exactly was Jesus trying to tell us? Well, if we take a few minutes and we look at the bigger picture, if we back up in the scripture just a bit, we find that Jesus is giving us his Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, you can find the Beatitudes. And Jesus here gives us some principles of the character of those who are blessed in the kingdom of God. If we look at Matthew, he says, When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said. He said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you There is more of God and His rule. He said you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Because only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed 
When you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. Because that's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God because He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. He said you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. He says you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. And then he sums up. He says not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds and know that you are in good company because my prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. See, after Jesus tells his disciples and us, by extension, the characteristics of those who are blessed, he then does something truly wonderful. He says to us, those blessed people, those people who have all those great qualities and character, those people, that's you as a believer in me. You are exalted representatives of everything that is good in humankind made possible through Jesus Christ. You are the salt of the earth. You are the thing that adds flavor to the world. When you live out these qualities and possess these characteristics that Jesus was talking about in the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount... You are the flavor of the world. But if you decide not to live out these principles, then you become flat and tasteless. Something nice to look at maybe, but sadly lacking in satisfaction and substance. Like a really pretty chocolate cake with beautiful glazed strawberries on top, but no salt to bring out the flavor. Jesus says, let me tell you why you are here. Haven't you always wanted somebody to tell you that? You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lose your saltiness, you've lost your usefulness 
and will end up being tossed away. Salty people are blessed people. Salty people bless each other. Be salty people. Now what about light? He talks about light here in this passage as well. Jesus really wants us to understand this concept, so He goes a bit further in His explanation. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, you, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, your generous Father who's in heaven. We are called. All of us. We're called especially in these dark, unsettled times. Protests in the street. Talk of refugees and what we do with them. How we treat one another as brothers and sisters on this planet. How do you convert someone who's different than you? By shunning them? By showing them love? We're called in these times where our ability to taste godliness has been dulled by sin and depravity. Where things look petty and attractive on the outside, but usually have no godly substance on the inside. Where when we like how something looks and we take a big bite out of it, hoping it will satisfy our desires, hoping that it will fill all the voids, the emptiness, the places that are lacking in our lives, when we take a big bite out of it, we find it to be just so much wallpaper paste in our mouths. No flavor, no satisfaction, no substance. In times like these, we are called to be salt flavoring in the world. We're called to be salt and light. We're called to be shining, flavor-enhancing proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Be salty lights this week. I don't even know what that is. Salty light. But I think it's appropriate. It's something that will stick in your mind, I pray, this week. Be salt. Be light in the world. Be a representative of Jesus Christ when you have your discussions about the things that are going on in the world. Yes, there is evil out there. And we need to protect ourselves from it. 
And the best way I know how to protect ourselves from the evil and the depravity and the sin in the world is to be salt and light so that you can show people what godliness looks like so they will want to be a part of that rather than something else. Be salty light this week. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.